Welcome back to the return of the Super Metal Brothers podcast, where I guess it's always a chaos sphere. I'm Super Metal Brother Matt. And I'm Super Metal Brother Dan. And I do say the return because we did take an extended holidays, Danny. What were we doing in our, I think it was a three-week break in the end, wasn't it? It was three-week. Uh, it's, it's tricky because like Christmas landed on like the weekend, which yeah. is when we record it. So we kind of felt, like, mm, yeah, now nah, we want a holiday. So that counts as an extra week, yeah. which means we didn't have to do an extra weekend. Yeah, work. so we had Christmas yeah. and then we had to celebrate extra hard because it was early Christmas. So yeah, there was two a, Christmases. Yeah, New Year's Day is also a day off. So that's an extra day I'm entitled to. So really, we only have one weekend off. For, for our fans out there, uh, welcome welcome back to our listening to us through your ears now. Um, we, we know that you've been wanting it because... Uh, well, you know, it's, 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 our, it's our gift. We just kind of know things like this. Uh, we don't have anything useful like, you know, how to operate heavy machinery or, you know, cut my hair. Well, at least I don't have to worry about that anymore. Hey, Dan. Yes, that, came, <laughs> that actually came in handy. Thanks, fate. But here we're talking about uh, straight into business. We're going to talk about basically who we want to see. We've asked the fans what they're looking forward to in 2018, whether their band's been announced yet or not. We know that it's been a long time for people to see metal in Adelaide. And uh, some of their favorite bands in Australia, so we asked them and across the world. But also, Danny, we're thinking about uh, doing a good old retro review going at the start of the year. Not much gets released, so we thought we'd just start it off at Super Metal Brothers with a certain band that you have fond memories of, Danny. Yeah, this is one of the uh, first bands I think I got into, which was hard rock slash metal, and one that most people get into because it was that transition from like the 80s bands like Purple and Sabbath into metal, and that band is a dream theater. So, very popular band. Uh, we're doing the album Awake. So make sure you hang around and listen to that later on. But first, let's talk the news. We're going to start it off right off the bat with some sad news. That's talking about Warrell Dane, ex-Sanctuary. I guess he was in Sanctuary still, but ex-Nevermore for sure. Unfortunately, uh, the singer that has come to at least... Uh, I've celebrated it for long and hard. And even Superman brother Dan can attest that uh, one of his favorite singers... Uh, in the heavy metal genre, uh, sadly passed away with some massive complications, Danny. Yeah, terrible, shocking news. Just before Christmas, never good. He was on tour. Apparently, I think he just did a show. It's just about to do a show. Whatever it is, it's still a tragic time. 58, I believe he was at the time. And a great vocalist. I mean, yes, his tone was a bit decisive, but his lyrical content and his emotion, uh, hard to compete against that. So he, he was a great singer. A lot of feeling and emotion he put into his songs. Again, the lyrics were fantastic from like war everyday life, uh, politics. So yeah, it's a very big loss. Yeah. So, and that really comes down to, you know, our themes tonight are talking about why we wanted to have people ask their favorite bands to come down and tour. Obviously for now, it's, there is no way Nevermore can be reunited now. It really is the hammer in the coffin. It fell apart kind of badly uh, after the album, um, uh, the last one that was released. And now it doesn't seem like it's got another chance back. Yeah, and that's right. So make sure like if your bands do come down, you would, watch him because you might not have that experience again i mean a lot of people have that feeling with dio when he came down with heaven and hell at the time fortunately passed on with cancer and uh, he couldn't come back down again so yeah look are, are you suggesting that never more come back with the hologram danny hey oh, actually i'm, I'm saying with this, all like that yeah bloatedness and all that weirdness that's uh weird floatiness like, yeah, yeah that that the oh. it's, it looks like it's on ps2 graphics man it's just a little strange yeah like you're gonna unlock the the real deal in like five <laughs> years with like dlc package or something it's like you know when you pick the mortal kombat character and you just see the guy like dancing <laughs> in the spot it's kind of like that <laughs> all right well let's talk about heavy sa danny they've announced for 2018 at fowler's 
on April the 14th. Yeah, I'm surprised it's not closed either. One of the very few bastions of heavy metal live uh, venues, and uh, they're supporting... They've got a lot of bands. We're talking about Truth Corroded, Hidden Intent, Decidia, and Extremis, and Headbore as well. We covered Headbore. Was it last year or the year no, before, Danny? Yeah, interview? I think about a year and a half ago. Now, that's one of our first interviews. Great interview. Check it out. Great band as well. And yeah, this is a great concert that um, I think Truth Corroded, Jason North, puts together every year. And it's great. I mean, guess what the best in South Australia down there. So definitely recommend going. And your second favorite, Super Metal Brother, will be there as well with his band As I Destruct. That's kind of interesting. That is good. Nice self-plug there. I'll make sure we pay you later for that or you pay me later for that. That's all right. Uh, yeah, but it's great. I mean, I don't know sure if they do similar things interstate, but here in South Australia, uh, that's a goer. So we're going to talk about the return of Gene Simmons. Yes, it's been three weeks. Uh, he did win the Gene Award last year, but I think he's bound to win it every year. It's his award. He deserves to win it. And uh, we're going to go with a quote from him. I'm going to ask your opinions on this, Danny. The business is dead, not for us. I'm talking about Kiss I'm getting or himself because he's actually announced a tour with himself, hasn't he, Danny? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, soon in Australia. Yeah, Yeah, we can continue to tour and the Rolling Stones can continue to play songs everybody loves and Paul Cartney and stuff. But for a new band, it's dead. You have to give away your music for free because generations of fans have been trained shamefully not to pay for music. Download, file, share. I don't care what you call it. The truth is new and bands don't have a chance. Now, the funny thing is, Danny, there's actually some truth. I know we don't want to have a um, agree with Gene Simmons unless we really, really have to, you know, like things will happen, plagues will start, you know, more hair will fall out if it's even possible. But what do you think, Danny? Is there actual a, a shred of truth to it or is it all just being Gene? Uh, oh, look, it's... Nah, there's probably more truth than not because the fact is it's, it is hard for bands to make it because there's less average for them to make money. Like record companies screw them over. Uh, there's so much competition out there. Yeah, and all these like Spotify's and stuff, they barely get any money from. So you really don't have a chance when you're bad unless somehow you get lucky. Well, let's talk about Spotify then because that came up in the news by coincidence as well. Yes, They're nice. being sued for $1.6 billion for allegedly infringing copyrights against bands like Rage Against Machine, Weezer, Tom Petty, and even Wixen Music Publishing has got on it, Danny. Yeah, this is um, interesting news because they're saying that uh, actually quite a lot, 21%. Or of Spotify's over 30 million songs are unlicensed. So I don't know how Spotify came to get these or thought oh, no one's got to notice or yeah. something. But yeah. that's a 1.6 billion. That's a, that's a spicy meatball. Well, the thing is, people now are so desperately, with the internet being such an easy avenue for people to release their stuff, it's so desperate now to have their music out there that they probably didn't even care. Like, I remember paying on those big subscribing uh, website things, how you can pay for 150 like places for your new song to be on, right? And Spotify was just one of them, and I'm just happy for my music to get out there. But if I really look at it, am I even seeing a return on any of my hard work? Well, unless you're one of these people, because you'll probably finally get money out of Spotify because you're suing them. So if you want to make money in the world, you sue people. Yeah. That's, that's what you do in America, and yeah. that's what you do. Frivolous law cases, just go for it. Well, that's it. Well, this isn't exactly frivolous, though. This is some, this, for them, it's like they just gone, oh, look, free stuff on the net. Let me just take some of that. And, uh, and what they're just doing is literally just not even crediting the original artist with it all that. So uh, let's, let's see, you know, spot, we, 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 over here, he's, he's my friends have got it. Everyone's using it, right? But uh, maybe we just need to tell hey, our fans out there until it. they do it. Maybe go to, I don't know, some other one. Yeah, there's plenty out there, isn't there? Like, once one idea comes out, everybody rips it off. Yeah. Or just buy the albums. And, and later news, we've got a new thing called Potify. <laughs> so, if you guys are interested, uh, oh, throw, awesome. throw some money at me. Yeah, we'll just do everybody's podcast and play it on here. <laughs> <laughs> 
Trademark right. idea. Uh, the new Tool album is going to be released, apparently. We've heard it, but this time from uh, the guitarist's wife, Corin Jones, her name is. And she's thinking, uh, she's actually saying on the old Twitter, lots of good things. Or it might even be Snapchat, you know, like, oh, I don't oh. think it really matters. Uh, lots of good things to come and you've been patient. So are you ready? That could mean anything. I mean, Maynard has a lot of wine thing coming out with yeah. bacon involved That's in it now right. to yeah. upset the vegans. Yeah. Um, maybe maybe she's putting on a new cologne uh, called Corin Jones. We don't really know what that means. Maybe she's just talking about their sex life. Like you've waited a long time. She's actually talking to her husband. You've waited a long yeah. time for it. So I hope you're ready for it because I'm yeah. finally going to like, He's been patient. Seas. He's been mowing the lawns, you know, yeah. mopping the things, talking to, to neighbor Marge over there. He's been like hassling about getting married. And that's what's happened. He's purposely held up his career so they could be passionate with each other, romantic in bed. And now that his career's about to start up again, guess what the woman wants I, to do? I think we have more <laughs> likely to see the Jones sex tape than we do a Tool album this year. I'm just saying for 2018. Not that I'm going to watch or listen to either one of those yeah, things. Yeah, we're not reviewing anyone. <laughs> but if I had to, definitely the porn. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Iced Earth going to re-record a lot of its back catalogue with its current lineup. I've never been triggered so much by a sentence before in my life. <laughs> why? Because I read that and I was like, why? I mean, like, you've got those albums released. Yeah. Why don't go to the thing? But, like, let's take John Schaffer, who's basically running the band these days. It is know. his band, yeah. It is his band. And he's basically come out and said, look, uh, we've got, we've got, we're going into the recording or re-recording his oldest records over the course of probably 10 years, right? The last 10 years. Going to do a lot of the ISF catalog, but then it's going to be other stuff like he's going to have to pay royalties and stuff like that to the other people. Uh, Every other band's going to get a cut of that, whatever. It's going to be a big project and it's going to be a lot of fun to do to really dig back those records, especially like the first six. Um, that's what live albums are generally for. You know, this is a very interesting situation where they're actually going to re release um, stuff that they've done before with other musicians, but I'm assuming he thinks that they're going to get a better. Well, now, because currently. Now. Um all like all of his albums, previous albums are owned by the previous record company. Yeah. But this year or next year, they're starting their own label, so they're going to re-release all the songs under their own label. So meaning that if anyone buys, I guess the latest version of the CD or songs, they yeah. get the money. Yeah, but who, the works. original writers and that will still get a cut of yeah, it. So the original yeah. band members will still see a slice of the pie. From yeah, they're it. just knocking out the um, record labels part. But again, I'm not sure if that works. I thought if you record something under record label, they own the songs as well. So I'm not sure how this works. But look, he, don't know. He's, he's probably worked today. He's been in business long enough. So yeah. So there you go. So that's one way to make some more money for those um, small bands out there. Become, are you going to listen to those albums or buy them, Danny? Oh, probably not. <laughs> I'm not the biggest <laughs> And you're more of an ISF fan than I am. Yeah, that's not saying much. <laughs> yeah. um, Van Halen, uh, they're rumoured to uh, have new songs, Danny. So maybe they've got uh, the Ice Earth catalog and maybe yeah, redoing right, re- yeah. the new thing called Jump yeah. and uh, Bad for Teacher or Bad for the, the Principal maybe. Who knows? <laughs> it's a way of uh, making new material out. Hot's for the substitute teacher. <laughs> but they're doing a tour with well-renowned other heavy metal slash pop writer, Michael Anthony. Uh, yeah, the why guy not? F- that... that- I think it's that 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 Spanish, Spanish guy. Yeah, yeah. he's Spanish like Ricky Martin's, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. a foreigner, yeah, you know, yeah. and like he's straight, you know, like all <laughs> those things. Um, well, why? So they don't want David Lee Roth or Van or um. Well, that's the Who's going to be the singer for this band? You know what I mean? I'm surely his, his uh, brother will be on the drums. Apparently, again. Michael Anthony's is going to be a singer. Oh yeah, there you go. <laughs> wow, well that, that solved that problem. Um, although you know what. That album I'll actually interested in. I, we might even review it for the Super Metal Brothers. No. If you guess the We might. Yeah, one. Well, I like Van Halen. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we might not like it, though. And then in that case, Depends. then we can have something for the bottom five, yeah. like last year. Depends how, like, Spanish influence the album becomes, you know. Yeah, well, that's it. I mean, that's the thing. He said 
they on tour with Michael Anthony, but maybe the tour means in their studio, and then that can get complicated. Speaking about people who are recording, um, Arch Enemy's ex uh, antagonist uh, singer Alyssa White Gluss is working on her solo album, and here's what you can expect according to the article. Now, she's gone on and said like some songs are written by her 100%, while others are collaborations with friends or musicians that I'd like to work with. So I'm using this album to express myself in a fun way. She's got two ways of doing this. Doing it the right way and doing it the Alyssa Glass way. I have a feeling she's going to do it the second way. But the right way is you have a guitarist at your disposal <laughs> called Jeff Loomis, right? And let's be honest, you know, he didn't get a chance with Arch Enemy, even though the crowd knew, the metal community and outside of it knew that the album would have sounded better if he'd just given the chance to write two or three tasty licks or riffs to help embellish some of those Okay, they were the album was fine. It just needed a little bit of Loomis in it. You know what I mean? Just like everybody does, it needs a little bit of Loomis in them, Danny. Uh, yeah, I'm not that into Loomis as you are, Matt. So no, for me. But you're, you're correct though. On, on a music side, not that into me Loomis part. That's so a bit too much. She yeah. said she's going to work with musicians and she's going to write some. I'm not too sure what her skills are in writing. In, in whether it might not be in a metal album, we might be jumping to conclusions. Yeah. Yeah. This might be her way of stretching out and getting out her happy side of her. I guess. I don't know. Well, she's full vegan, so maybe she's gonna be like a full uh, vegan song. So no, no guitars made from animal parts, and uh, I don't know the strings made from animal parts. I don't know. I don't know, but yeah. I think someone needs to put some bacon in a microphone. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, like tools to like come past some bacon. <laughs> ah, it's not a vegan microphone, lady. Look, I'm actually curious because she said she wants to work with Loomis with one of the songs, yeah. and that's a very smart business decision. And uh, you know, it's just... probably free as well because he's running the band. So oh, there, right. come on, Loomis. It's not very free. hard. Come you on. have to go very far to ask him. Either probably just go to the other room. It's like, hey, do you want to be on my album? And yeah. you know what's funny is that he's not going. She's not going to ask the other guitarist. Yeah, what she probably did, she would have just like gone into the recording studio when Loomis was just like playing, and she just like brings out like, a recording tape. Says, no, 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 just just play, Jeff. No, I'm just standing here like <laughs> just start play. I'm just thinking about things. What is that in your pocket? Nah, nah, <laughs> shut up. Wait, you're ruining the recording. That's an awfully big phone <laughs> with a microphone attached to it. <laughs> um, singer from the Iron Maiden cover band Power Clown charged with smuggling $5.5 million worth of drugs into Japan in a guitar case. Yeah, and that is why he got busted because singers never carry any of their <laughs> bandmates' <laughs> instruments. Who are you? The singer. What's that? A guitar? <laughs> Woo! <laughs> He's Apparently the guy was like sweating. He was literally like drowning in his own sweat. And they're like, dude, that guy looks really suspect. You know what I mean? A singer carrying a guitar that's like sweating in the middle of Japan, which is going through probably a fairly cool... Oh, maybe it's, it might be colder now. Yeah, might yeah. be cold at the moment. So, uh, you know, if you're going to smuggle drugs in, do like everyone else does. Swallow it and shit it out later. I mean, that's what all the Colombians do, don't they, Danny? <laughs> <laughs> that's just amazing. I mean, like... Yeah, I guess being a cover man, band, um, Iron Maiden must have taken like the market. So to make money up being an Iron Maiden cover band, this is what you're resorting to. Well, you yeah. know, it must make money being a cover band because you've got the Iron Maidens coming. It's like five chicks That's who are singing five really bad songs. Or probably more because it is Iron Maiden. But, you know, it's... Yeah, no, I know to- that's your point you're trying to make. <laughs> I but I was just that. trying to like further tell you my... Surprise me that Iron Maiden make a lot of money, but they do. Yeah, it's a lot of drugs were in a guitar case. It must have been like full on like cocaine or something because that's not 55.5 million in a guitar case. That's a heavy drug. Maybe thing. it's like really good drugs that are a little less. I don't really know because uh, I'm way too poor. I'm a musician, I can't afford that stuff. Let's yet. just say like 5.5 million yen, which is like 20 bucks or something, you know. Oh, that's right, exactly. It's like you know, like half a joint or like <laughs> some cigarettes or something. Is that caffeine? Hey. 
We're going to have Cafe in Japan. <laughs> <Oi. laughs> All right. Now, Decapitated. This was a very touchy subject last yeah. year. I had my feelings about it, but we kind of wanted to sit, you know, on the fence because it really is a dicey subject. However... The uh, band has been dismissed of all charges, in quotations, without prejudice now for the band to be very uh, happy about being acquitted of all rape and kidnap charges. Um, they've been formally dropped. They've also, I think now, they're going to be on tour or whatever. Now, the thing is, they, the, it gives the impression reading the article a few times because you have one from the band and one from what was the, probably the other attorney or something like that. Um the one thing I read on the online was new evidence arose that sh- helped show that the band was innocent. While a trial would have been given the band opportunity for the evidence to be heard, the band welcomes the decision and are excited to return back from the homes in Poland. Now, that's what the band said, right? Um, but the other one was kind of like they can still be charged formally later. However, I feel like the band, um, from reading the article and following the story, they were looking forward to the trial because they could get their names clear. It really felt like it all fell apart. For the accuser at the end yeah i guess look, there must be some technical thing in america that if you don't go to trial technically you haven't been charged or dismissed so therefore if new evidence comes to light blah 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 yeah, blah like oh, it's technically bullshit protecting the safety doesn't want to come out you know something, whatever but it really did sound like to me that decapitated are clear and this they are innocent Seems by all way. chance plus it's a lot cheaper for them not to go to court sure they go to court and clear the name but it will still cost them money to go there so this is probably the better outcome for them and just have a moral victory the problem is that I have found is that there were people in the community including the independent um, that news uh, article that were claiming you know misogyny and metal and rock and rah, rah, rah and these guys were off the bat pretty much guilty and rah, rah and it's like these their name has already been tarnished and I don't know if you guys have seen the same with the making a murderer. It's so easy for a person once accused to have the light shown on them, you know, shown them as being guilty because that's that's the story that sells. It's far more intoxicating, vigorous rather than oh they're just innocent and they're framed. You know, it's hopefully like the band is cleared because they are incredible musicians and it really be great to see these guys come back. I mean, aside from their album, last album being pretty average, they've got good songs, you know, like, and that's uh, that's in them. So, uh, I, yeah, just something that I feel pretty passionate about with that, Danny. Yeah, exactly right. I mean, it's a shame that the story sells before the um, evidence sells the story. Yeah, like so, yeah. like it just felt like right now in the community, they're kind of hot for this kind of thing to be true because it's where the current climate is right now. Um it, I generally find metal publication, rock publications, like lean to the left these days, and they're moving away from you know, and maybe that is because of what's happened with Trump or whatever, and like conservatives being in power, and then naturally to fight up against it. I don't really know that much, but when this came out, it was like the only one who did really back it was guys like Behemoth with yeah. the Growl and stuff, and he was very delighted to see him come clean. Yeah, exactly. Right. He came out straight away and said, "Look, don't." jump to conclusions and let them have the evidence come out which like every news story you should have that should be your way like yeah. innocent to proven guilty but the media swings the other way unfortunately the media's going to swing where the money is whatever's hot if it's hot for this and there was right now it's very hot to see um, bands get caught in the saucy kind of stuff like that but you know the guys are clear and uh, hey look if in the end if they get guilty from another trial well you know we'll have to back it up but until then looks like they're clean selling for a little while longer much like the guy who sped with Andrew WK's listen to his new album or his new song. Um, a guy was driving too fast and Andrew WK uh, sent him a private Twitter message so he could pay the fine for him. That's pretty cool, isn't it? Jeez, yeah. imagine that. 
That is awesome. Actually, I've listened to his song about 20 times and I think I got a few tickets there. <laughs> I think we're like two grand enough to buy my uh, my new speakers for my yeah. for my new head and I got a new, new guitar strings I need maybe. Yeah, I'm just saying, I go, I'm pretty clumsy on the road. Yeah, and I've spent so many times now that I've lost all my points. Which so, <laughs> so now I've, I have to bribe the judge and a yeah. judge wants like about 10 grand. So Andrew WK, if you don't mind. Yeah. About, you know, I, I also, I might have like ordered illegally some drug paraphernalia as well. I wonder if oh, that's amazing like, guy. That how I I'm meaning with this, you know. Oh my god! All right, and we'll finish it off with uh, Machine Heads. Rob Flynn doesn't miss his old bandmates. Um, a lot of people ask him, you know, you, been, you started off with some band members, then they're not there anymore. And a lot of people were like, "Can you see you open your heart to bring them back and have the thing go full circle?" And he said, "No." So, no surprise yeah. there. You know, sometimes we need to move on. And his new material with Machine Head. Definitely much needed. The invigorations with stuff like the blackening and the locust. Um, it got. It was good for the band to to, to reinvigorate themselves and uh, to get them playing back on the middle track. I guess he didn't get any Christmas cars from this year. No, he did not. That's what he's saying. If you want one yeah. from us either, well, we're waiting for that speeding ticket to go through. So <laughs> blame aim, blame Andrew WK that you didn't get your Christmas card. <laughs> All right, guys, let's move on to our podcast question this week. Danny, the podcast question this week is just as simple as what band do you want to see tour your hometown pretty much in 2018? 2017 didn't bring much to Adelaide. However, it did start in 2018 with Download Festival. We're going to see some massive bands tour and of course, we also see side tours as well, which a lot of people were lucky to see, obviously on the East Coast. We're still in Adelaide and we don't really get too much. We actually, funny enough, had a person come out and accuse Adelaide of being really shit for this. Did you (laughs) read that? I didn't. It was actually a proper music promoter yeah as you came out and attacked Adelaide for what we've been saying all along that people don't buy tickets until the end yeah as you guys are dicks or yeah it makes us sweat more profusely than like the guy trying to smuggle 5.5 grams of cocaine <laughs> in, into Tokyo so yeah. the, po- the point is now though it doesn't stop us wishing uh, it is Christmas now coming up in 362 days maybe or whatever so what is it that you our fans that in particular want to hear and see in 2018 yeah, definitely a great reply. So a good way to start this year with a bit of optimism, so looking forward to the year. Yeah. Uh, Josh Rigby, first off the bat with Skith. I think that's how you pronounce it. Sith, yeah. Sith. And I will. Oh, well, there you go. I will the band or and I will means he will see them. Well, two bands then. That's okay. <laughs> I'm Thanks. not that smart. It's too hot. Animatic, uh, Cryptopsy, Disgorge, Suffocation, and Dying Fetus. Man, the only way that can get any more heavier is if a sumo wrestler was sitting on the sun. And it collapsed a black hole. And then maybe it might be as heavy as that list. Wow, that's um, pretty good, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently it's not too hot for Matt today. <laughs> okay, Maurizio is a lady baby. Lady, hold on. Wait, hold on, Lady Beard. Is that the baby metal or Lady Beard, right? No, lady Baby was the band he used to be on. But now uh, Lady Beard is the individual. And now he's in Deadlift Lolita. Dude, I was yeah. playing at that show. I was there for Lady Beard. I didn't see him there. So maybe he really is waiting out for it. But I mean, Lady Beard was here. Yeah, I know. That's the, Hopefully, he comes back. He's an Adelaide boy. He might come back again. Michael Gibbons, hopefully, Caliban. Okay. Uh, Daniel Serta. <laughs> We're not Caliban fans, but I'm glad you are. I'm what sorry. Did, what did Daniel say? Stop, stop not listening to us. Uh, Daniel Serterblad. Arses? Arses. Arses. And uh, Kalmar. An arch enemy who are already coming. Kalmar's an interesting one. Not like death metal veterans. They've been doing it for a long time. They're from one of the coldest nations in the world. Um, but apart from that, I don't really 
think they'll be in Australia. Yeah, fair play. Okay, uh, Leah Scar Symmetry with the awesome singer. Yeah, he's Whoa. not in the band. No, the awesome singer is the original guy, that Chris oh, whatever no. thing. He did that stuff with Universum as well, and he's in Solution 45 now. The new singers aren't too bad. They had to get two new guys to replace the one old one, and they almost do the job as well as him, but just a little flat. Well, that's a shame. Uh, Jackie Tran says, I want to see One Direction unite for 2018 before they die. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's not even a joke. He really wants to yeah, see Yeah, that's them. right. It's Jackie Chan. Yeah. Uh, Monaco Ansel. I was about to say One Direction. I was 15 minutes too late. Oh, you have something you know to go to the show with. There's, there's, there's probably 15 years between them, but not 15 points of IQ missing between <laughs> them both. I'm, <laughs> I'm sure that they can enjoy being pedophiles at a pop boy I think I think they share 15 points of IQ together. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> right, Ben, what are you going to say? This is a medal. What are you going to say? Let's yeah. get your own podcast and attack me. It's, it's cool. We, we, we love you, though. Um, what else we got, Danny? Yep, uh, Zach Hammett. Good to see Zach's returned. Uh, good bloke, Zach. Good bloke, Zach. Uh, Megadeth, Anthrax, Machine Head, Ed Guy, and Sonata Arca. So that sounds like names. a download festival, man. Yeah, almost. You know, yeah. that, that would move some tickets. Yep. Uh, Jacob Vedix, Halloween's Pumpkins United Tour. Well, he's even given the name of the tour. So, oh, wow. Yeah, that's he's got to nice. market it himself. Yeah. He? He's, he's pitched to the band the, the idea to sell. Yeah. He's like, now all we have to do is just tour with it. You know, you just, just give oh. the dates and all that and organize the venues and stuff and... You know, I'll do the rest. Unless, unless that is their like, current tour, and I, not, again, I'm not smart enough to know. Yeah, and then uh, last but not least is Braden CFC with Chimera to right. turn their reunion Christmas show into a global tour. And he'd also like to see Havoc come to town. Yeah, Chimera, a massive melodic, they're not really melodic, they're more like a metal core groove metal yeah. band from the States. And they're, they're power hitters, man. The thing is, though, that was, there's two inceptions of the bands, and both of them are pretty good. You know, you got the one with the original lineup. And then you had the one with uh, the guys from uh, uh, Darth, you know, the guitarist and the drummer joined on board and did an album with it. No, awesome. So I'd like to hear them do the whole thing if they do a tour. I don't know what you think there, Braden. Maybe you just want to hear them do all the old classics from the you know, Resurrection and stuff like that, possibly their Reason albums. Either way, I'd be on board with that. I think I think uh, Braden there has got, got some good insight. Uh, Danny, We've had the fans, though. What do you want to hear and see in 2018 in your lovely hometown of probably Sydney now because we can't see anything. <laughs> Sydney or Melbourne, whatever's yeah. Uh, yeah. easy for us. Uh, look, I've never seen Blind Guardian live. They always come down, but they always come down to only only Melbourne. They're yeah, every, they do one, only they do Melbourne one show. shows. I don't yeah. get it. Um, they're cool. Uh, look, Symphony X I saw two years ago, so they won't come down. Uh, it'd be good to see like Samal come down because we gave him the best album last yeah, year. That was, that was even, a great album. Even Septic Flesh because their new album's rocking. So yeah. it'd be good to see them come down this yep. year as well. Uh, for me, they're the ones at the top of my head. Uh, any- oh, go on. Symphony X. We've got to talk about that new story. Yeah, that's pretty sweet because apparently they're going to hit the studios again. So that hiatus wasn't that long lived <laughs> well that's the thing because then they'd start doing this although uh, admittedly the tragedy of uh, the bass player being killed off which maybe yeah. was divine intervention we don't really know but we know for a fact that Symphony X now are getting back together which um, we're very happy about yeah, yeah I mean tragic circumstances and even oh, I, think, I think it's hit Russell pretty hard like going by some Facebook posts etc yeah. So it's good to see he's kept singing. He hasn't decided to like give it up because that would be a real tr- shame. Yeah, I feel really bad making uh, light of any of that kind of situation. However, seeing Symphony X get back together is just just a sort of surreal feeling for us. Yeah, you know, we were really yeah. under the impression that they were going to like almost hang their gloves up for 
quite a long time, but this yeah. is this album will be album of the year, no matter what year it comes out. <laughs> and there's no there's no yeah. chance, and then we're going back together for competition. So, oh yeah, there you go. We're that, happy to yeah. have them on the show to celebrate with some beers and some some sweet picking and some awesome singing. Danny, what do you reckon? Yeah, I'm I'm pretty down for that, Matt. Actually, <laughs> interesting. Well, we're talking about bands we want to yeah, see. Yeah, so who do you want to see, Matt? Um, to be honest, you're right. Samal will be fantastic. The return of Nemec's been teased, so maybe them coming down to celebrate their reunion. Um, even seeing Cybre getting back together, but that would never happen because he's in the bass player is a guitarist from Cybreed. Um, uh, the thing is, right now is I'm a bit of a uh, I'm a bit of a old classic for the old bands that are uh, breaking up, like a uh, old man child and stuff like that. Hypocrisy. These kind of things are out on being dormant. So I'd more like to see the return of bands. Uh, but anyone who wants to come to Adelaide who's a metal band that's into black and death metal, that would be really good and I'll come see you play. Yeah, unfortunately, Mayhem missed us. So they did Perth and Eastern States. So at least they came down to Australia. Um, Adelaide, we have you know, some side shows from Download. We have Arch Enemy. So yeah. Arch Enemy to look forward to. And of course, for some reason, Limp Biscuit have decided to come to LA. Yeah, and, and not only come yes. to LA, play in our biggest venue. Yeah, Entertainment Center. These guys who've been off the record books, off anyone's thought patterns, thought waves for the last, what, 20 years. Yeah. All of a sudden, come back and everybody wants to go see them. Like, why? Why, people? Is your childhood that like, is your life that bad? You have to go back to your shit part of your childhood to celebrate it. <laughs> it was so it. bad, it was cool. They didn't get yeah. so bad, it was bad. Because the guitarist is pretty awesome, to be honest. But yeah, but he's a dick. Oh, I don't like metal. Oh, I listen, only listen to like yeah, um, but he only happens to steal everything bands, from it and just kind of like yeah, whatever. You're a douchebag too. Yeah. We went to Gene Award this week anyway for just for me remembering it. Yeah, yeah. What it, but it should be a good year. There's a couple of bands have been nominated already, so yeah. yeah. I want to see you. Yeah. So anyone that's metal out there that uh, plays it heavy, come down. Gajira maybe that'd be cool. Mashuga, come down. Oh, Gajira's doing download yeah right? I know they're doing they're doing download so if they want to come down anywhere to Adelaide I'll with all like, their like whale awesome. watches and like Greenpeace oh. <laughs> <laughs> alright so uh, let's talk about our CD review this week progressive metal slash rock band dream theater probably the most prolific if not recognized heavy metal prog metal band prog metal band definitely in our current generation in the last maybe 20 years i'd imagine i think they were even almost 30 years we're looking up to danny yeah definitely these guys uh have gone through like several different stages from like you know poppy top stuff to like really heavy to groove into like very progressive to very instrumental so they've they pretty much pulled out a lot of bows to play with and they've so, done some yeah. good stuff and I think the thing stuff. with bands like Symphony X they were a little bit slow out of the gate and the band recognises it more than anyone when they first came out their their albums weren't fantastic you know they, they had potential though however they came into their light about three or four albums in and would never slow down afterwards however Dream Theater pretty much off the bat at least the second album the first album had probably the worst singer <laughs> oh, of heavy metal ever band plus yeah <laughs> Second worst <laughs> vocalist. But then, you know, Images and Words came out, right? Yeah. And it changed the whole game and people set up and took notes. And so they should. It was a very good album. And it did a lot of new things that no one was really doing at the time. Pushing a lot of buttons and doing a, a lot of ambitious length of songs and stuff like that. You know, just kind of bringing back those uh, big prog natures of bands like Rush, but influencing stuff like metal, like Metallica and Pantera and all that kind of stuff. And the New Age and all that kind of thing. But we're talking about the third studio album with the bands, and this one was released in 1994 on October the 4th. 
with East West Records. Now, the interesting part of this was East West Records. They were trying to push the band to go more commercial. This album was really a lot of pressure from them to uh, redo what had the success, emulate the success from Invisible Words so they could get lots of money, yeah, right? Yeah, makes sense, yeah. Problem was, at the time, the uh, feature keyboardist, Kevin Moore, announced his uh, departure of the band while recording the album. Oh, he was very unhappy. And you would actually get to read the lyrics in some songs like Six O'Clock and stuff like that of him literally wanting oh, to depart the band. I get so, you. there you go. It's uh, it's in the writing. Um, we Why did we want... Because, Daniel, you came to me with the retro review that we should do a wake. And what was it about this album that made you... Say, all right, Matt, we should definitely review this one after some of the other stuff like Train of Thought or Six Degrees, mm. uh, Metropolis Part. So what was this album that one wanted you to get back into it? Yeah, it's a fair point. I mean, to me, The Wake, this was, again, one of the first like heavier type albums I got into, which transitioned me a bit to the metal stage. Um, everybody was really massive into like images and words. And it's kind of like that. It was like you either like images, words, or Wake. Like one of those two have to be your favorite dream theater albums most people say images and words yeah to a point they've actually toured with images and words and it's fair enough it's a great album but i just like this a bit more because it's a bit heavier and a bit more rocking and and it's not so like progressive and instrumental that it gets a bit too wishy-washy like yeah. this one here is more like just the hard rock type of album it's far more riff orientated yeah. where john patrice definitely steps back more from having like you said those massively long instrumental you know, wank almost wanking your ear fest, which uh, which is fine. I don't mind someone saying they're jerking their musical penis into my ear. However, it does get boring hearing just having it slap against my cheek and then going into my bold head as well. Yeah. It's like you know, getting your eye. You know, yeah, it's terrible. like you know, there's other things you can do to my ears. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, the thing is, though, this album is a really strong album. We're here to tell you guys why we think it's uh, a one that's not just nostalgic, Peter's brilliance, but also one that's just, you know, one we can pick up now and get a lot of enjoyment out of. Yeah, that's definitely right. So, for the retro review this week, Awake uh, from Dream Theatre. From 6 o'clock, the first song, you pretty much get a good, uh, you know, drum feel, really kind of jazz fusion kind of thing going on into that really cool, like, synthesized, distorted keyboard. It sounds pretty fat. And then it's pretty groovy, isn't it? From the start to the very end, it's pretty much a straightforward, catchy number. Gets you straight into the, the album, pretty much. Yeah, it has a weird opening. Oh, weird opening, but uh, like a speaking intro. Where, oh, and Mary Jane, the Spider-Man Mary reference. Jane. What yeah. the hell is that about? So is that actually a Spider-Man reference? Or is he like Mary Jane's, like he's talking up in the car, like trying to think about things? I don't know, either or take it as a pitch. But again, it's like, yeah, it's very rocking. And of course, there's one part, like I guess after the second chorus, it gets a bit like heavier or the pre-vert chorus gets a bit more rocking heavier. It gets a higher singing stuff like that into the chorus, which they like to do. They like to test James Debris' vocals out throughout the album and um, change keys and go, don't mind going to the higher register. Yeah, go again, cheeky little guitar song. at the end of it. It's yeah. pretty, pretty much a, a stop, pretty much a good song from start to finish. Yep. Uh, Caught in the web. This, however, is a very big change from the setup. It's pretty much... Uh, I guess you could put it as uh, one that starts as a kind of Saturday morning cartoon mm. intro. You know, like, do, 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 do. You know, it's kind of happy and stuff. Mm. Then it goes kind of like cheesy, like the whole... And then it sets no apologies and goes Van Halen. Yeah. It comes full circle and brings metal again. So... Yeah. Um, yeah, a good way of, of again, of, it's all catchy though. Like the whole song, even though it's much lighter and it's less riff centered, it's um, fairly accessible. Yeah, definitely. And then again, they show their musical proudness after one of the choruses. They go into full like, instrumental yeah. rock section, a bit like, of fusion. Like a there. rush kind of like yeah. throwback song, you know, where it's like heavy ish at times, but most of the time it's just about engaging melodies and really getting you going. 
Um, sorry, that was, that was, I was talking about the song Innocence Faded, sorry. Yeah, Caught in a Web is a different song. Yeah, Caught in a Web. Yeah, sorry, that's more like, yeah. I was thinking that's about Innocence Faded. Oh, my God, yeah. just like completely oh, together. Faded now. So that's a third track. But yeah, exactly. right. it, it is very catchy, very uplifting and very, like, fun. But yeah, Caught in a Web, it's, uh, it's still, like, on the mix between the two type thing. Yeah, exactly right. Um, it's, so far, you're just getting pretty much just very... Good showing of playing, you know, good times, very heavy. No, it's almost very heavy yet. Yeah? It's pretty pretty yeah. much, you know, ready to go. Then Erodium Mania kicks in, which is the instrumental track. And this is by far one of the most well-recognized Dream Theater songs. Um, for some re- reason, like you're saying, Danny, it's an instrumental and a lot of people don't really get into it as much. But what is it about this instrumental that kind of takes it off, you know? Yeah, it's amazing. It's actually, yeah, it becomes the heavier introduction to the heavier part of the tracks, of the album, sorry. Yeah. So you have a lot of... Heavy riffs and nice little fills and like fast pacings, double kicks thrown there as well. So there's a lot of things going for you. And this is actually the first of a of a three track series. So track four, five, and six are all part one, two, and three of this whatever trilogy. And it's again clever what they do. They use the the um, riffs from this track in the next two as well to help yeah. tie it all together. So that's just nice. Like yeah, it comes in towards the second third of the song, and then it just goes all heavy and just. Doesn't make take any apologies at all. It just goes for it, right? Mm. Um, with with probably an incredible it, one of the best guitar solos off this album. That's not saying it very lightly because there's at least three solos off this album that get me really going. Um, yeah, a, gr- a great track. You know, from start to finish, never gets boring. Well told story. Very classical uh, influence as well with yeah. that jazz fusion at times. Um, you know, sticking its face in the door. Uh, we're going into voices now. You know, I think this is one here. Chills out a little bit more, doesn't it, Danny? Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's more paced out, and then for the big, like the big stretch out chorus, where his voices keep yeah. going. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the thing about Gene Theater. This album has two or three times where it just kind of pulls pulls it out a little bit. You've been hit with some heavy riffs and some some big uh, technical. You know, sections, great solos, uh, heavy drums, you know, yeah. Um, and, and yeah. yeah. Even the song here, like changing of pace and tempos is quite big because this is like a nine-minute, ten-minute track. So they have a lot going on there because they can put a lot in there. So they, And they, they do it well. Like, again, this is they slow it down and heavy, speed it up, make it softer, make it heavier, big chorus and all that. So they, look, they, they try to put all the elements in. By putting all the elements in, they have a track called Silent Man, which is an acoustic number pretty much. It's... Very interesting because it shows you where they put their staple in the door. Like, no, we are um, a pro. They're definitely a prog in that nature. Like, they will do a song that will fit on a U2 album, and they'll do a song that will fit on a Pantera record. Going into obviously the song Mirrors as well, where that riff is just unapologetically the song Walk, <laughs> um, with some uh, sinister keyboard lines that uh, drunken priest would play at his church uh, wedding or funeral or whatever. Mm. So. Really, so far, after the first track to one to seven, it all ties, the thing is, it all ties together, like you said, the themes from four, five, and six will all tie together to tell a story, but it's still pretty engaging though, doesn't it, Danny? Yeah, definitely definitely right, because the riffs are so good, the melodies are quite strong. Yeah, that's right, lots of imagination in every part, whether it be from Portnoy's drum playing to Petrucci's uh, versatility and technicality under the guitar, and I really, Kevin Moore should not be... um, Denied his attributed his his playing in the band. It really set uh, a tone for Dream Theater that they never really returned to afterwards. Once he left, it the style changed, and so it would always you know and showed his impact in the songwriting. And he helped write some great songs so far. Anyway, yeah. So the song "Lie" 
uh, not a bad song again. It pretty much starts pretty more rocking and more riffy. Hey, it's definitely um, more of by the numbers metal kind of song in the sense. Mm. Um, going to one of the most fastest, craziest John Petrucci lines up until what you hear on Train of Thought. It's a nut solo. And even at the end of the song, it's really uh, a one massive long guitar solo as well. Far more concentrated about being a, uh, yeah, by the numbers, heavy metal riff and more of a, I guess one, like a, uh, a cover, not a cover song, a, a studio song to release to the masses kind of thing. Right. Yeah. And then again, we go to the next one, which is track nine, Lifting Chairs Off a Dream, which again, are going back into that emotive, uplifting chorus, even though there's the, the verse is a bit more rock. And again, going from like the heavy to like the light and the evil to the good, have another one of those uplifting moments, which they do a lot in this album. They, they go between that throughout the whole album. Yeah. It's not just standard rock songs all the way through. They try to make it motive and catchy choruses. The next song being Scarred is pretty much the album in done in a song where, like you said, it's got all those emotions where it kind of starts off uh, very subtly uh, and it kind of dials it up. Then it kind of plateaus a bit and then it dials it up again, going to that classic dream theatre double guitar thing line, you know, trade off good keyboard guitar solos into a wicked ending, real depressing and stuff, you know. <laughs> it's a great song, very beautifully told. But it's just one of those things with Dream Theater that I think it's why the band is recognized for being one of the best things about Prog Metal is that at the time here as well, they had to have a lot of fun with it. Like they do long songs, but there's a lot of imagination, a lot of creativity and a lot of energy and, and heart going into it. And this is before they started overindulging in that you know especially with their technique and stuff when it would come to albums like chaos uh the chaos theory or something now nah, the one after um octavarium yeah after octavarium and after that as well you know they started to get really although then it could be attributed to burning out with the old drummer mark point no yeah, they were actually releasing him and then but even after that it just felt like they needed that spark you know i never got into the latest album so i can never tell you what how, where they are right now but back in the day, the songs like this and even this album as well really is a showcase of how engaging they are and how much fun you can have listening to a song that you never think you'd get, or you think that maybe we would get tired of, but you never do. Yeah, uh, definitely. Right. Again, they're just nice melodies and they, they transition well between songs. It's not like, I don't know, some of these new really weird tech death bands like Code Orange where they just are so jarring between one segment to the next. You're like, that's not even the same song. You're just putting random wrists together. These actually blend in and they transition well because they know how to write a good song yeah and, and they were not only right and the thing is like you said not not just overindulging with their own kind of like insanity almost uh, or just randomness that like you said songs were quite other songs and this would really do right well and they'll create even maybe other albums sometimes to, to tie a theme or a melody on that together um and the thing is for me i never really get into the lyrics of, of uh, dream theater because i don't really love um Labrie's style of singing. However, the music work does a good enough job for me to tell a, tell a story and to me to insert my own thing into it. And I get a kick out every time I listen to it, especially this album for some reason. I think what they do on this album really well is they just have some good fun. They, they pull back the crazy instrumental technical side. They do bring it out, but the riffs uh, central like songs like uh, Mirrors or Innocence Faded or Six O'Clock, whatever... It's a yeah, it's a good reflection, and I have a good time thinking about these songs as well. And they become, they, I know these songs became part of my life, and they just sometimes I can reflect to a certain mood I was feeling. I can tie it to the, one of these songs. That's true. I guess we shouldn't forget about the last song, which is Space Divest, which is again just a slow, emotive song, like yeah. very like brooding and depressing, depressing, and 
I guess there must be a reason they decide to have that right at the end. I mean, it's good they have it at the end because it doesn't fit in anywhere else on the album. But at the same time, like, I'm not sure if there's a concept they wanted to get through or how to uh, I think pretty much that. Kevin Moore had the song written and he showed it to the guys and they're like, yeah, this can go at the end and type the whole yeah, album. Because I'm leaving, so play it. <laughs> yeah, maybe that was it. It's pretty much the only song of the album that isn't really my favorite, but you know, I was talking to the missus today and that's her favorite off the album, this song. Definitely the most um, sincere in the sense that it's very... Um, vulnerable and very much a sad, you know, depressing number. I don't, I, I can definitely say out of the the songs, this is probably the most macabre out of all of it, you know. But uh, not average. It's not like you know by the numbers or anything. It's just, it's just a sad song to uh, to put it all out. A bittersweet moment, I guess, hmm. from what was a very happy start to the album. Yeah, it's true. Oh, I've been even that the song before is quite happy and. Uh Innocence Fade so they have all these happy moments in the song yeah. so, again that's what's good about Silent this. Man as well yeah, yeah. that's supposed to be, I think that was supposed to be a single that's why it's only a under. it's only a song under like five minutes it's like three and a half minutes but it's only one like that short compared to the rest so again that's because Paul Meander did so well off the previous album I think the record comes like you have to do another single that we can like market and apparently this one was it but didn't do so well had a film clip and everything yeah yeah and that's the thing it's like a band like this doesn't really need to have someone like telling you to do to make money and stuff. They just need to get given the ball and run with it. Especially um, anyway, the band up to for me, uh, Octavarium or just before it even uh, would be like Six Degrees in the Terminus. I think it was. Uh, they they wouldn't really write a bad album up until then. However, there was those two albums that uh, after this one that weren't. I think Change of Seasons and uh, the other one, they weren't freaking me out, but everything else was really, really good and it shows the quality and strength of how these guys got to be the pretty much the top of the pile when it comes to prog metal. Yeah, no, definitely. They, they would be considered that now. Um, yeah, again, a great band. Again, a lot to offer. You're right. It's like people like Opeth stuff. These guys have changed their sound kind of like Opeth has and it's quite divisive for bands. But again, that's the nature of progressive bands is that the, in, the name in itself means they progress. They that's change. Right. So you can't, a band like this can't do the same album every year because I, I literally think they can't do it because they've, they've, they've conquered that part of their songwriting skills. That's right. They're like, they've upgraded to the next level of musicians. Like, oh no, I'm now yeah. a, a class three uh, guitar player. That's yeah. class two guitar playing stuff. And if you see like, even Petrucci has evolved as a person. Like, look at the guy. The guy's a tank and back in the day here, he was skinny as a rake. And now he's like many rakes. He's like Bunnings <laughs> rakes now in his arms, you know, and cement. Yeah. So and he grew a beard as well. Uh, yeah, I know, right? He's like, wow, you know, he hit puberty like at his thirties or whatever. And uh, was, but that's yeah. the thing. The band we're here to talk about Awake, great album. Is it the best so for me in Dream Theater? I don't know. I, I have a lot of fun with it, but I really enjoy uh, Train of Thought and stuff like that. And uh, Metropolis Part Two. I think those for me are just that cut above this album because. The low points where it's much more sadder and that for me it's a little more drawing out than other albums and other songs when they go really sad and depressing, you know, like the instrumental on Train of Thought. I find that for me has a better uh, tempo to it a whole. But however, this album is great and I really recommend that everyone goes out and checks it out. This is a start, uh, one of the starts for a band at this nature. And like listening to it now, like you said, the production values are still pretty good. Yeah. You know, I've heard things a lot worse than that that come out yesterday. So, um, and maybe even tomorrow, you know, get all that philosophical, go that deep, Ooh, you know. Yes. But what is today? Tomorrow. <laughs> yes. But yeah. And apart from that, guys, that's that's been us. Go check it out. We really rate their album, Dream Theater. You know the band. You know the album. But uh, we thought we'd talk about an album that not as many people talk about. And in the words of Dream Theater, stop. Hold it. Wait a minute. Come on. Just let me catch my breath. <laughs> 
With that, you've caught your bread long enough, Danny. It is the end of the episode. Uh, I'd like to thank our fans for joining us back again. And sorry about the departure. We promise we won't be as long. Uh, how long is this one? It seems longer than normal. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. We're doing all right. This, all this, right. this is a fair episode. But what is... We're talking about this year. Same old, same old. We're going to do some... And some new things as well, you know. We wanted to get back to doing some interviews and all that kind of stuff. We're going to review an album a week. And uh, if you guys got a question or you guys got no CD quest to review, uh, head over to facebook.com forward slash supermiddlebro and we can talk about it then. Yeah, feel free to share our page, man. We want to try growing our fan base, growing our reach out there in the metal community. And with that, I am Super Metal Brother Matt. And I've been Super Metal Brother Dan. Thank you guys for listening to Super Metal Brothers this week. And we'll catch you next week.